The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There are entrepreneurs and business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're also giving back to the community, and so can you. Welcome to Be More, Achieve More, inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind with host Chris Cooper. If you are looking to make the most of yourself and your business, then you will want to stay tuned for the next hour. Here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper of BeMoreAchievemore.com and CC1Consulting.com. I'm delighted to be back with you again for yet another week. Um, I'm also delighted next week is our 100th show. So um, amazing how time flies. Uh, Today we're going to talk about intentions and turning intentions to implemented results. We're going to talk about the success habits that really deliver results with uh, my guest today, Peter Haddon. Before I start that, I want to say a big thank you to my guest last week, David B. Goldstein. And David was talking with me about how to find your creativity. And I think it's a really good point that even if you are not naturally an innovator, you don't feel you're naturally creative, you can still find your own creative style. As, as David does, as a, quite an introverted individual, I mean, he's got his own style of art and he's become a very successful international artist. I love that, people following their passions and uh, finding their own kind of creative path. For me, this week's been a a real creative week, actually. It's had lots of variety, which I I really enjoy variety in my working week. Uh, This week, I've observed uh, the performance of a a well-known former government minister in the UK, Lord Heseltine, who at the age of 80 can still really engage an audience. And I sat there thinking, I sat right in front of him, and I was thinking, I want to be like that when I'm 80, but... Maybe a bit more humorous, perhaps. I then went and watched an exceptional stand-up comedian called Bill Bailey on, on the evening in, in action. And you know, that guy certainly is creative. And it was wonderful to see how in his performance, he was uh, bringing all his musical interests into it as well. He was following his passion. And that's really what this show's about. Um, I've had a really important negotiation this week to secure a large piece of work. I've um, had two workshops, one for CEOs and another for an operations team. And today I've met a really passionate and intelligent client. So, Sabine, if you're listening, it's great to meet you this morning. For me, variety is a real spice of life. And as the saying, as the saying goes, and my guest today has certainly achieved that. So I'm really looking forward to talking with him. So are you interested in turning your intentions and those of maybe your employees into implemented results, or perhaps your clients if you're a coach? For anyone who's seen my keynote on accountability, you'll know that I'm really, really passionate about this subject, and therefore I'm delighted to welcome my guest today, Peter Haddon. Now, Peter is the Managing Director of Top Achievers Limited. It's a UK-based executive coaching and mentoring company, and he's recognized internationally as one of today's foremost executive coaches and a leading authority on personal development and business growth. Academically, he's got loads of qualifications, PhDs and MBAs. He's a qualified, uh, like myself actually, clinical hypnotherapist and master practitioner in NLP. Selling book, Mastering Personal Interpersonal Skills. 
He was the youngest wing commander in the Rhodesian Air Force, and also he captained Zimbabwe, which was then Rhodesia, at soccer on 11 occasions, including the 1970 World Cup tournament. I was also fascinated to hear that he became managing director of the Rolex Watch Company in South Africa and increased its turnover 15 times in six years. He's been involved in one-to-one coaching and mentoring with sportsmen such as the French rugby player Francois Pinard, Mark McNulty, uh, the golfer, and Bruce Fordyce, the ultramarathon runner, as well as numerous top business personalities. And over the past 33 years, he's developed a unique coaching and mentoring program that has really had great results with top achievers in the business and sports world. So after that introduction, a big welcome to Peter Haddon. Thanks, Chris. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, absolute pleasure to be with you as well. And, and Peter, I guess people might have guessed from your accent there, and I guess my introduction too, that there's a, an accent which is quite sort of South African, and I guess has got Zimbabwean or Rhodesian influences. Do you want to... Yes, just... well, that, that's right, yes. I, I, I went out to Africa. I was born here in the UK, and then my dad, during the war, was a, a bomb pilot, and he did his training out in South Africa and fell in love with the country. So shortly after the war ended, we moved out there with the intention of him getting a job in civil aviation. This wasn't to be, however, in South Africa. And he, after a year as a carpet salesman, managed to get a job as an air traffic control officer in, um, in Rhodesia, uh, northern Rhodesia as it was at the time, a little place called Indola. And then on the Federation, of course, that split into Zambia, um, then Malawi, which used to be Nyasaland, and Rhodesia remained the same, as you may well know. So it was a pretty, pretty sizable country at one stage then. Well, the federation of Rhodesia and Nyasaland was pretty huge, yes, that's right. And um, collectively, it was uh, regarded as the breadbasket of uh, Africa. Um, things have changed quite a bit since then, of course. Yeah, that's, uh, it's uh, quite sad to see what, uh, what's happened with that country. Cause it looked an amazing place to... To be at one stage. I mean, what was it like growing up uh, there? Well, as you say, it was a beautiful country. Still is, really, uh, physically. It's just a, a shame that um, individuals get in the way, I suppose. And uh, um, you know, if the world would be a better place, I suppose, without uh, a lot of that um, human interaction, albeit well-meaning at the outset. But uh, how was it like growing up? It was fantastic. Um, because my dad was in civil aviation, we um, lived on airports, which generally speaking were between five and seven miles outside of the main um, urban areas. So as a, as a kid, we used to have um, a driver take us to and from school. Now, bearing in mind the heat there, you didn't have school in the afternoons. So if you wanted to play sport, you actually had to find your own way there. So we were driven to and from school in the morning, but in the afternoon, we had to ride five miles or so to uh, sports in the afternoon and then ride again five miles back home. So you got to be quite fit and you got to have to have a lot of self-reliance there because the, um, uh, the roads weren't that good and they were getting friendships on the way as well. So some of the time it was quite exciting. Excellent. And how did you, how did you manage to become captain of the Rhodesian national football team. It you know, like, sounds like quite an achievement. 
Well, I guess I inherited from my dad the uh, the love of football. He was a big Arsenal fan, as I am to this day. Um, and um, he used to play for the local uh, clubs, and I used to go along and uh, watch him play. And then I became members of the junior side and gradually started uh, playing for the school team, and I captained the school team. And then that advanced to... Um, the provincial side and uh, eventually to captaining the country. But if you're asking how I became captain of the national team, I think the first part would be to say, how did I qualify to play? Because anyone looking at me at that stage uh, would have, with a lot of justification, judged that I didn't have the talent, I didn't have the football ability to play at national level. And uh, they would be quite right. What I did have, however, was this burning desire, and I had a belief that uh, if you are able to uh, put into mind pictures of what it is you want and actually rehearse the end result, if you are able to mentally transport yourself into these pictures and experience in advance um, the desired situation, then you could magnetize circumstances to you. It's kind of the law of attraction in action. And that's what got me to see how um, how easy, really, it was to become aware of and start using your full potential. And those were good days as far as the conditioning went because um, we spoke briefly about this uh, last week, I think, that my, my reading in those days, the only novels I read were ones by Wilbur Smith, who surprisingly was on an interview this morning on the BBC TV. The other books that I read at the time were books that were handed to me down from my dad and and parents, um, which were things like Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich, uh, Psycho-Cybernetics by Maxwell Maltz, Think Like a Winner, Walter Staples, you know, the classics. And so that, I believe, had a big effect on my outlook. Uh, It kind of told me the message repeatedly, repeatedly until it became programmed into me that you can actually do and become that which you're emotionally committed to achieving. I think you make a re- you know, I think it's a really good point about those those books. I mean, you were fortunate enough to discover them at a young age. I was a bit older than you, I think, when I discovered them. And certainly, I don't know the third book you mentioned, but the first two I know extremely well. And in terms of self-development... If you've got those two books and you read them and study them and apply them, uh, there's a, a phenomenal amount of value in that. And, and interesting, I, I had another guest on the show about a year or so ago, a, a war hero, and he'd achieved amazing things, things that people believe were almost impossible. And through difficult negotiations and getting hostages released and things, and he talked about you know his secret was exactly what you described there. He 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 got given these very challenging things to do, but he actually went back to his bunk and he imagined himself achieving them and imagined what success would be like. And he said, then he went and did it, and it seemed like there were forces helping him. Yes, absolutely. I, I think it's the um, uh, you. We can use the same analogy as the Olympic Games athletes. You know, we've had over here last year, twenty twelve, uh, the London Olympics, which went exceptionally well. And if you look at each one of those, either the Olympics or the Paralympics thereafter, if you look at the gold medal winners, silver medal winners, bronze medal winners, they're all basically the same. They had a psychologist, a sports psychologist, who 
encouraged them and gave them techniques to use the creative visualization and emotionalization of their goals. So many of them would, um, in their interview for the, the award of the gold medal, many of them would attribute their success to the mental preparation as well as the physical preparation. We obviously wouldn't suggest in the first place that uh, you could achieve these gold medals purely through mental rehearsal. Uh, the physical side of it goes goes into that mix um, a, a lot. I would not say as much as 50%. I would say the mental side is probably more than 50%. It's probably a 60-40 split. I think that's what most of them would admit too. But the point I'm getting at here is that if we're engaging in this creative thinking exercise twice a day for 20 minutes, um, we're actually um, practicing or rehearsing uh, the mental muscles, which operate in exactly the same way as our physical muscles do, in the sense that we are conditioning them to a desired end result. So in the physical side of our training, we are conditioning our physical muscles to um, achieve uh, certain ends, whether that's pole vaulting or high jumping or marathon running. We need muscles tuned to that end result. It's exactly the same, I believe, with our mind, that if we can take the time out, if we're serious about maximizing the success that we would like to achieve in life, then we need to do something about the cause and effect relationship um, as soon as we can, because we're then going to maximize our potential and, and, and use far more of it all the time. And I believe that's very simply done. This is not um, rocket science in the sense that uh, it becomes overly complicated. Unfortunately, it's not taught in the schools or in the universities. We're looking really at saying, what do you want to be, do, and have within the next three years? Okay. Can you see yourself, sometimes even longer, if, you, if you're if you a youngster, uh, then you would look at what do you want to be, do, or have in your life? What would you like to be, do, or have in your life? And it's a good question to ask because that sets up the goals which you can then put into picture form and as I said, mentally transport yourself into those pictures and experience in advance the feelings of achievement. We need to go to commercial break now, but after the break, we shall be back and we'll be talking about some of the sort of key processes that are involved with success. So we shall be back with you again in just a couple of minutes. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One-to-one -one mentoring and coaching facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. We spend 70% of our week in the office. What is the difference between enjoying your job and enduring it? The number one motivator is a positive work environment, and that's where Real Recognition Radio comes in. 
Join your hosts, Roy Saunderson and S. Max Brown, as they take a look at the positive factors of the workplace, such as employee rewards, recognition, incentives, and much more. Tune in to Real Recognition Radio, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with host Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with Peter Haddon. And uh, we were talking about, uh, obviously, starting to get into some of the sort of factors around success. And, and Peter, you became the youngest wing commander in the Rhodesian Air Force. Then you went on to become managing director of Rolex Watch Company. And I know some of the processes that you started to describe earlier on with uh, becoming captain of the football team, uh, you, um, you, you used to do that. And I'd just be really interested if you could start to share with us from your perspective what you believe the key success process is. Yes. Um, well, I think, um, not to blow my own trumpet, uh, but I think that the, the upbringing that I had and the mental program that I developed, um, I think that stood me in good stead in, in whatever area, uh, whether it was um, in the Air Force itself and becoming the youngest wing commander or subsequently uh, doing my MBA program. Uh, I was elected as the president of the student council on my MBA program and then subsequently started my own business. I became managing director of the Rolex watch company simultaneously with setting my, up my own business and therefore I use the same principles that I believe you can use in life, you can use within any businesses and um, people like um, Jim Collins have, have um, testified to that degree. He wrote the book Built to Last and subsequently Good to Great and in his Built to Last he was examining companies that have been successful, some of them starting up in the 1800s and they were still successful to this day and compared them with others that had started at the same time and gone out of business. And his conclusion was that the ones who were successful to this day had adhered to their purpose and their values, whereas the ones who deviated from those had gone out of business. And he said that was a good formula for individuals as well, that if you've got a set purpose in life and you've got core values that underpin that purpose, you won't go far wrong. Whenever there's any um, decisions that you have to make on um, important matters that could go either way, if you run it through your value system and if you ask yourself, is this moving me more towards the fulfillment of my purpose, then you're on track. You're getting there. So I, I do believe that, and that's where I put this formula together because I, I felt that um, if me with my limited talent, if you like, limited inherent skills could achieve the things that I decided were important to me and yet I didn't outwardly have the ability to get there, but as long as I created the picture and put into mind that if I had a strong enough a passion, if you like, a desire for that, if I then created the beliefs 
And that's where I discovered, and that, again, one of the books that I referred to was Think Like a Winner, Dr. Walter Doyle Staples. And that got me to thinking about my belief system and how important my beliefs were to achieving my end result. Because for years, as I said, I'd read these books, Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich, um, Psychosybernetics, etc. They emphasize the need for a burning desire. And whilst I don't want to denigrate that in any way, I do believe that too much emphasis has been placed on a burning desire and not enough emphasis placed on our belief system. And now, these days, we're much more aware of the power of our beliefs. And the truth is that you can have a burning desire. You can be really passionate about your goals. But if your beliefs, and often these are at a subconscious level, so we're not consciously aware of the impact that these beliefs might be having. But if our beliefs are not in alignment with our desires, then we will never get there, which is probably the overriding reason why 97% of people in this world do not achieve, uh, utilize their full potential and do not achieve their goals. So that became my format. What had worked for me, I thought, well, if I can help other people to see that there's a very simple um, model to follow. You get your purpose in life. You underpin that with your values. You create a three-year vision. And we do this in the four main areas of your life or the four roles of your life. With areas, we would suggest that you look at health, relationships, um, business success, and financial abundance. Those are the four, generally speaking, that will give people the balance. And then for each of those areas or roles, if you like, my roles would be father, um, husband, uh, self, which is a very important one, and business owner. Um, now, the self becomes the kind of uh, basis, uh, if you like, for any goals that fall outside of the other three roles would fit into self. But you could use either, the, either your roles or um, your areas, and then you're creating a three-year vision. What do you want to be, do, or have in that area or that role within the next three years? And then a one-year goal stems from that. If I want to be there in three years' time, where do I need to be a year from now? And then the 90-day goals, you ask the same question. If I want to be here in a year from now, what do I need to be, where do I need to be 90 days from now to be on track for that? And that 90-day goal becomes the basis of the plan. We then enter into detailed planning the action steps of how to get there. And part of that process is development of your success habits. And we can get into that if you want to. Great, great. Um, <clears throat> so, so everything, you, what you're saying is that the most important aspect here, in your opinion, is your beliefs and, and your beliefs sit in your subconscious. So interested, interesting in, in your view in terms of how you can maybe identify those beliefs that might be holding you back and how you can actually go about changing them. Um, because, you know, that seems, it, it, it doesn't always seem an easy process when we have many, many beliefs uh, that might, might sit around a simple value. Yes. Um, I think that, um, you know, much of the time it, it becomes quite um, strange to contemplate because we're saying that we may be holding uh, limiting beliefs at a subconscious level that we're not consciously aware of, as the name suggests. Uh, we also hold a lot of empowering beliefs, um, and many of those at a subconscious level as well. So 
how do we find out whether we have empowering beliefs related to a specific goal or disempowering or limiting beliefs related to that? Well, we have a series of exercises on the program that help you do that, but it's, it's not a difficult thing to do because we can tap into um, certain exercises which will tell us uh, whether we are predisposed towards having limiting beliefs or not. Uh, it was Nathaniel Brandon in uh, one of his books, I think it was The Six Pillars of Self-Esteem. Nathaniel Brandon, and I think he is the actual founder of that technique. It's uh, the sentence completion exercise where you would write down a sentence stem and then you're answering that sentence stem or completing that sentence, if you like, between six and ten completions before moving on to the next sentence stem. And that under... Uh, uh, underlies your um, your limiting beliefs because a lot of the time when you're you're just completing that sentence stem as quickly as you can you're actually tapping into your subconscious the deeper you go the more comes out of your subconscious and the more um, evident your beliefs become another exercise to do that is to analyze three of your successes Look back at three successes that you've had, and ideally those successes should be where your behavior was directly responsible for that success. And then just write down the empowering beliefs that you had at that time which influenced your behavior that caused that success. That will help you to identify your empowering beliefs at a subconscious level. We also then turn the coin over, if you like, and we look at three disappointments that we've had in our lives. Now, what behavior directly caused that disappointment and what lied behind the behavior. What limiting belief or disempowering belief did we hold at that time that caused us to behave the way we did, which caused our disappointment? And then we look at those two in terms of, well, are there similarities here? If I have got these empowering beliefs and I have got these limiting beliefs, could any of the empowering beliefs replace the limiting beliefs? And how did those limiting beliefs get there in the first place? It was largely from repetitive conditioning. We have been conditioned. I mean, most people have heard of and know about the law of attraction. And that really is, uh, um, if you like, it says that we attract to ourselves that which we consistently focus upon. Now, what we're focusing upon has an underlying belief system uh, that that, uh, backs it. And that tells us to what degree we are going to succeed or not succeed in this endeavor. So we tend to attract to ourselves that which we consistently focus upon. And if we've had experience in the past of lack and we're focusing on lack, we're wanting financial independence, but we're focusing too much on how are we going to pay the bills at the end of this month. If we understand what we're doing psychologically here, we're actually programming ourselves for more of what we're focusing upon. And therefore, we need to discipline that thinking, which is why I believe that one of the fundamental principles of of individuals taking charge of their life and succeeding to the degree that they're capable of with their potential is taking charge of this programming process, catching yourself whenever you're thinking negatively or thinking of what you don't want. And this is nothing new. I mean, you... I'm sure all of your listeners have probably heard this before. The key is, it's not knowing what to do and how to do it. Millions of people know what to do and how to do it, yet they're not doing it. They get it intellectually, 
That's not the issue. The issue is getting it at a subconscious level and turning those intentions into implementation, turning them into meaningful results. And your beliefs play such a huge role in doing that. Now, Nathaniel Brandon had two basic uh, contentions. He, he believed that our limiting beliefs largely featured around, one, our confidence in our ability to accept life's challenges, and two, our sense of worthiness. Do we really believe that we deserve that level of success? And he basically contended that if any one of those were in place, whether it was our lack of confidence in, our, in the challenges that we face or whether it was a sense of um, unworthiness that we don't really deserve to be there or that something happened way back that I was responsible for that I need punishing for and therefore I certainly don't deserve this level of success now. Now, those are limiting beliefs which play a huge role and often those beliefs were inculcated when we were up to about seven years old because that's when we were in the alpha state, if you like, for most of the time. And whatever was said, particularly by people who are three times our size and love us dearly, our parents, our relatives, our authority-type figures, school teachers, etc., if they told us something, we generally accepted that as the truth. And so we acquired beliefs that weren't necessarily true at that stage. And certainly now in later life, they may not be the most relevant ones to hold on to. Peter, we need to go go now because we're going back to commercial break, but we shall be back again with everybody in just a couple of minutes. Okay. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. How can we Americans realize our dreams to earn a living? How can you pursue your dream and make money as an owner or an employee? Learn how at The American Business Person, the online weekly radio talk show hosted by Rich Killian. Today's business leaders share how to succeed and what fails. If you own a new or established business or ever hope to, you must tune in. Join us every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Central, and noon Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Or listen on demand to our archived shows. Do you, like most Americans, spend the majority of your life at work? Are you making it the joy that it deserves to be? Or are you feeling drained and unfocused? Tune in to A Great Place to Work with hosts Kirk Kaufman and Dr. Kathy Sorensen. Your hosts have more than 30 years of experience in workplace consulting and are ready to bring you the secrets and success stories of businesses who are making their business a great place to work. Listen every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and enjoy a better workplace and a better life. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with host Chris Cooper. 
If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I do love to hear your feedback, so um, feel free to email email me and uh, share your comments and thoughts. Uh, Peter, you were talking before the break about um, you know, kind of programming at a, a young age, before the age of seven. Uh, do you want to continue with your line of thought from there? Well, um, yes, I, I think that um, what you can do individually uh, as well as collectively is what we do on our one-to-one programs and that is we take people through a personal lifeline so from their date of birth until the present time and we look at the significant events that have taken place in their life up to then both positive and negative and then we invite them to discuss those what did they believe about that event what impact did it have on them positive or negative and what did they believe about themselves related to that event you can usually get a pretty good picture then of the beliefs that have been playing a part in that individual's behavior. And then, of course, you can start doing something about it. If you've detected one or two limiting beliefs, particularly if they do impact on that person's confidence to accept life's challenges or the worthiness aspect, for whatever reason, uh, you can then see or get them to see how they have been inhibiting themselves, sabotaging themselves in many ways, and that once you've identified what that limitation is, you can do something, and this doesn't take years and years of reconditioning. You may have been holding on to this belief for decades even in some cases. Uh, Well, it doesn't take that same length of time to rectify them. You can rectify it in a space of about three weeks. Generally speaking, new habits take about three to four weeks to acquire. And if you're reprogramming yourself, and particularly with what I was talking about earlier, your subconscious mind, if you're reprogramming that subconscious mind with pictures and feelings of your new beliefs playing out in your behavior, then you very quickly acquire these new beliefs and they um, override, uh, if you like. The, it, it's kind of like um, I talk about Sam from an anecdotal point of view. SAM, S-A-M, stands for your subconscious activating mechanism. And SAM is, if you like, your willing slave or your servant. And SAM wants to do your bidding, whatever that may be. I mean, this is the main problem with dieting. People go on diets, but they haven't actually uh, reset the program that SAM has. Now, Sam's got to buy into that. Sam's got to believe that your new desired weight or whatever the outcome that you desire is, is a genuine one for you. That is what you genuinely want. Because Sam is designed to maintain balance, homeostasis, if you like, in psychological terms. So we go on a diet, we go on an exercise program, we lose some weight, we get down to our ideal weight, and we think, well, that's wonderful. Now, we've done that intellectually, and that's fine, but Sam hasn't yet been reprogrammed. Now, if Sam has a view that I should weigh, let's say my, my own weight now, um, for argument's sake, let's say it's, it's 200 um, pounds, and I want to weigh 100 pounds. Now, that would be a little bit uh, too thin. I think. Anyway, you get my meaning. If I'm standing on the scale, and that scale says, we talk about kil- kilograms here, Uh, And I want to weigh, let's say I want to weigh 85 kilograms and I currently weigh 95 kilograms. So I stand on the scale that says 95 kilograms. Now I'm programming Sam every day 
by saying, I weigh, my, my uh, beneficial weight is 85 kilograms. Sam virtually says to me every day, who are you kidding? Take a look at the scale. Get real. It says 95 kilograms. And of course, Sam's right. So our job really is to reprogram Sam, which isn't going to happen overnight. It's going to take about three to four weeks. And then when Sam gets it, when Sam realizes that this is your ideal weight and you've created the right reasons for that, here are the pictures of me weighing 85 kilograms. This is what I want to look like. This is how I want to feel. This is what I want to be doing at my new weight. If you can put all of that in, in other words, you're creating the why. Sam operates on the why. We are never trying to tell Sam how. We're leaving that up to Sam. Sam, if you like, our subconscious mind is interacting with the superconsciousness out there, which is where the, all these ideas come from. That's where the law of attraction is operating in that, um, in that area, that spirit area, that energy area. Everything is energy. We now know that from quantum physics and from the latest neuroscience discoveries. So we can... In the same way that a particle, as they've discovered, that particle can go from step 1 to step 25 without needing to go through steps 2 to 24, we as human beings, because we are now subject to exactly the same laws, uh, and the law of cause and effect, which I might mention in a minute if you want me to, uh, because that's the essence of success, um, says that we are subject to those same laws. Therefore, we can go from step 1 to step 25. In other words, exponential growth rather than incremental growth once we condition ourselves with the right formula. Do you think, do you think though, Peter, you see it, for example, you know, celebrity, celebrity is a good example in the UK where, you know, somebody who maybe isn't that aware, doesn't have a huge amount of skills, but for some, for some um, reason manages to elevate themselves into the public domain very quickly for some reason or other. And you often see them, you know, falling and crumbling because they haven't, they maybe had that vision, but they haven't actually got the uh, the personality or the abilities or the wisdom to be able to handle it. Um, so is jumping from step one to 24 or something always a good thing? No, I know what you're getting at, Chris, and I think this is borne out by uh, your lottery winners. You know, you see people becoming instantaneously rich overnight. And uh, you look at their lives two years down the line, and most of them have exhausted all of their winnings, and they're back to where they were previously because of that, that conditioning that's going on. And I think it's, um, it's getting beyond that. It's if, if you have the foundations right, and that's what I'm saying uh, you know, with the program that I've put together over the last 33 years, it starts with having this foundation of your purpose. What is your purpose in life? Why am I here? What do I want to be remembered for, if you like? What is my greatest gift? How can I help other people? Maybe your purpose in life is to help others. Um, maybe as the Dalai Lama says, you know, he says our purpose is very simple. It's to be happy. So you might want to extend that and say, well, my purpose in life is to be happy by helping others. Um, and you could extend that even further by saying my purpose in life is to be happy by helping others through using my strengths to um, uh, discover and empower others, to, um, if you like, inspire and empower other people. So your purpose is the foundation and the core values that you have there, 
the core value, I'm talking about things like honesty, integrity, kindness, contribution. If they are meaningful to you, if these are important that you live your life in accordance with these, every day then, if you're looking at your life in terms of um, the decisions that I'm making, the progress that I'm making in my goal achievement, if that is leading towards my purpose, to the fulfillment of that purpose, and the way that I'm moving forward is expressing my values, then I should be a happy bunny. Uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, uh, and uh, you're absolutely right. I do wonder sometimes, though, I suppose it's, it's about, you know, I, I love the kind of hero's journey and the fact we do go into dips and peaks and sometimes people do find success very quickly. But actually, is that really success? Because it doesn't always bring happiness, does it? So if that ultimate goal or the ultimate purpose is to reach happiness, then you've got a bit more learning to do before you get there, I suppose. Um, money and fame certainly isn't everything. No, uh, and I, th I think it is important that because um, um, most people do, I think wrongly equate success with money. I've got nothing against money, and in fact, you know, most of my clients, that's one of their goals is to become millionaires. So there's nothing wrong with that, uh, unless we are getting back into the ego now, which basically says, I want to be, I want to pronounce myself as a millionaire to the world. And, and that, if that's their major purpose, then I don't think that has any foundation. Uh, so I think that you know, we need to, if you like, uh, take a step back and look at this from a helicopter point of view and say, is my life working? Is, is this what I want to become. And if we're creating every day, if we're doing this creative thinking twice a day and we're putting into mind, and, and I don't know whether I mentioned this earlier, but the content that I would recommend you use every day is your one-year goal. I've spoken about a three-year vision, one-year goals and 90-day sub-goals. The content of your creative thinking sessions, I believe, should be your one-year goal already achieved and the rewards and the benefits that will flow to you. And sometimes it's more motivational to focus on the benefits and rewards that will flow to other people other than yourself. It's your success, but the, the benefits that flow from that success might be uh, more motivational if they're aimed at others. Your children, for instance, your, your spouse. Um, what about uh, if you're doing it from a, a philanthropic point of view? What could you do if you were in that multimillionaire situation? Would you create schools, hospitals? Would you go into um, towns and cities and, and help the homeless or help the uh, sick, the poor? Um, that might be one of your mo motivations behind it. But if you've got a strong enough fun foundation there with a purpose and with strong enough reasons, then I think there's no lack of desire. The key then is to get the beliefs commensurate with that desire and you've got the formula. Because if you have the desire and the belief those two together will give you the focused action. Those are the three pillars. Uh, Chris, if we're talking about, um, you know, I, I, I'm basically saying the missing link in most of this is that people don't have emotional commitment to their goals. They get it intellectually, but it stays there. And it's like getting to the edge of a cliff. On this side of the cliff where we're standing is intention. On the other side of the ravine, if you like, the cliff on the other side that we'd like to get to is implementation. Our job, I believe, is to build the bridge between intention and implementation. That bridge has three pillars. The one pillar is desire, 
where we're looking at all of the reasons why our goals are important to us. And we have a few simple exercises to determine that. Having done that, then we get into the belief side. Have we got empowering beliefs that coincide or align with our desires? If not, then we better do that quite quickly because otherwise we're going to get frustrated. So we get our beliefs commensurate with our desires and those two together then lead us to the focused action. And if we take focused action, planned focused action, whereby our we've identified our strengths, we've identified the key activities to which those strengths should be applied, then we create these success habits over a 21 to 28 day period. That's the formula, as simple as it seems. That's the whole model. We've got a purpose, we've got values, we've got a three-year vision for each one of our roles or areas. We've broken that down into one-year and 90-day sub-goals and we've created a plan of action which involves uh, us personally working on, and usually we try and confine it to five key activity areas. And everything else is either delegated or systematized or outsourced or eliminated. And we're focused just on those crucial few activities which we built into success habits. And we should be enjoying the journey. There's no reason not to enjoy the journey when our strengths are engaged every day. And the 80-20 rule applies. Great. On on that note, we need to go to commercial break again. But after the break, we'll, we'll continue... With this, but also we'll um, start to have a look about some you know, techniques that you can really use to um, to hold people accountable for their progress. I'll be back with you again in just a couple of minutes. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Hi, I'm Rebecca Costa, host of the Costa Report every Tuesday at 6 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. This week, my guest is outspoken former congressman and one of our country's most prominent gay public figures, Mr. Barney Frank. He'll be with us to talk about the Supreme Court's ruling on DOMA and how the Obama presidency is doing in its second term. Don't miss Barney Frank this Tuesday at 6 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on the Voice America Business Channel. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. 
tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with host Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, Chris Cooper here. I'm with Peter Haddon. We're talking about turning intentions into implemented results. Uh, Peter, you know, I'm, I'm really fascinated by getting yourself and others to do the things that they need to do, whether they feel like it or not. And uh, we've got a book which soon should be available, I hope, with uh, Dr. Stephen Levinson and myself writing on this. I wonder what techniques do you use to hold people and, uh, and yourself even accountable for progress? Right. Um, well, I think that initially, you know, people talk about um, do you have learned behavior or do you have natural behavior? And I think that uh, the answer in my case certainly was that it was learned behavior which then subsequently became natural because you'd built in these success habits. Now, it's getting to those success habits that's the trick because if you get to the success habits and they involve you applying your strengths to the key activities, there should be no reason why you shouldn't be happy all the time. So we've got to connect a feeling of happiness with the desired result. How are we going to feel once our goals are fully achieved? And are we able to experience in advance that feeling, that sense of fulfillment, of achievement, which would in turn uh, give us the happiness that we're perhaps seeking? So I feel it's quite simple, really. And uh, I don't want to oversimplify this, but uh, usually on on, uh, programs involving companies, and uh, individuals who want to be fully motivated, I say there are two basic areas that you want to focus on. One is your personal growth, and I believe that is the most important one, and the second is your business growth. Now, on the personal growth side, my suggestion would be that you start engaging in this mental exercise, if you like, this creative thinking process for 20 minutes twice a day using your one-year goals as the subject, the, the, the content of that session. So you're seeing yourself, uh, and this goes through four basic phases. You get into progressive relaxation where you s- sit yourself down, preferably seated. Don't lie down in a bed initially. Once you've got the habit of going into alpha and out of alpha at will, then you can uh, do it in bed but I would strongly suggest that you don't do it to start with in bed. So you get a comfortable chair with arm rests, with a strong back rest, and you loosen many items of, of uh, um, tight clothing so that you can feel physically totally relaxed. And you go through a two-minute process which gets you physically relaxed. I have a CD out that does that for you. It talks you down. I should rather say up, I guess, because we start with your feet and move up to the top of your head. But that's progressive relaxation. Then we get into the verbalization, which is where um, after a while you would establish goals on um, a goal, an, on an affirmation card, if you like. And that would have a present tense statement of your one-year goal already achieved. On the back of that card, you would have three or four empowering beliefs directly related to the behavior needed to achieve the goal. That's on the card. You then create a goals poster for the third phase, which is the visualization stage. So you would create a vision board or a goals poster on which you have four pictures, which don't have to have any meaning to anyone else other than yourself. 
But every time you look at that picture, it brings to mind the feelings of a successful one-year goal already achieved. The last stage, which is the most important stage of that creative thinking session, is the emotionalization stage, where if you've been dissociated up to now, you now engage fully. You're fully associated with that picture, and you bring to mind, as far as possible, with all of your senses, the experience of uh, having achieved that. That's what you're doing twice a day for 20 minutes. That's working on yourself. The other one, working on your business, again, depending on the nature of the business, but I think every business owner or every chief executive, every every director, uh, everyone in a higher management supervisory role would have three ways to grow your business. You're getting more clients, uh, you're increasing your average um, sale or average yield per meeting, and you're increasing the frequency. Those are the only three ways to grow your business. And we have marketing strategies directed towards those. What I'm more... Um, um, keen to impress is the need for weekly reviews of successes and that is where you have a meeting with your team every week and you look at the past week in terms of what successes have you had did you achieve the goals that were set last week and you acknowledge the successes of every individual member of that team around the table and you're then setting goals for the next week and again every individual this presupposes that everyone around the table knows exactly what the team's targets are for the next 90 days and what their role and contributions are expected to be. Excellent. So each individual then stands up and says, this is what I intend doing. Great. We've got, so, about, we've got about a minute left, Peter. I mean, if you, you can finish this or do you want to share your final messages? Yeah, well, that's, that's basically it because the last step in that is you ask everybody around the table, do they need any help in order to achieve those those targets. So what are my goals for next week? What are the plans to achieve them? And do I need any help? Those are the basic questions. So those are the two things that I would say, if you get those right, you will enjoy exponential growth. I think that um, if people want to know more information, we have put together five free, the complimentary videos, and you can get those if you go onto my website, um, www.topachievers.co.uk. Um, and you're welcome to feed back to me any questions you might have on that. Uh, plus, if you decide to go ahead with our full distance learning program, then we are prepared to offer all Chris's listeners, that's you listening in at the moment, a 10% discount on that. Fantastic. Peter, Peter Haddon, thank you very much indeed for joining us today. It's been uh, fascinating listening to you and talking with you. Um, as Peter mentions, for more information on PT, you can go to www.topachievers.co.uk. If you've got any questions or feedback, please send them to me at chris at beatmoreachievemore.com. I'm delighted to say that next week we have MetaBlock on the show. Meta was on my first ever show back in September 2011 and has become a good friend since. And Meta is a twice world champion rower, so a, um, a top speaker in Scandinavia, author, entrepreneur. And she's going to join me for my 100th show. And on the show, we're going to talk about showing up and why showing up is for winners. And it's been said that nine-tenths of success is simply about showing up, showing up at training sessions, at events, at works, and, you know, work in the lives of your family. Um, you know, but is it true? You know, for, for my research during 100 radio shows and, and many years of work experience, I can conclude 
that showing up is essential. But then once you show up, it's how you show up that makes a difference. So I'm going to talk about that with Meta. Not only that, Meta's going to be interviewing me as well. Uh, about um, I'll interview her about, uh, about uh, her experience of winning and uh, what's been happening to her in the last two years. But I'm going to share my lessons from 100 hours of live radio hosting and some of the lessons, top lessons I've had from speaking to some amazing guests from around the world. So don't forget to show up for that. It's going to be a fascinating show. And once again, thank you very much, Peter. I hope you enjoyed being with us. I did, Chris. Thank you very much for the opportunity. And you're welcome. And I wish you all well. And I shall speak to you all again in another week. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Be More, Achieve More. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, typically 4 p.m. London on the Voice America Business Channel. Enjoy your week. Enjoy your week.